0: Is it trickier to train a puppy or is it trickier to train an adult dog? It's trickier to train the human. Okay. Hey, Sarah Marie Thompson here from Wild and Creative. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here because we are going to be diving into fun ways to increase your personal power and everyday magic on every single episode. So if you are an animal lover, dogs especially, you are going to totally love this episode because I have with me Nicole Gabrielle, who is a canine communication specialist, aka the female Caesar Milan with soul. <laughs> so welcome, Nikki. I'm really excited to actually be asking you a ton of questions that have to do with your soulful business that you've created out of your love of working with
1: dogs. That's awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I'd love you to
0: tell us about your journey, how you got to this point, because most people, I mean, there's a lot of dog lovers out there, obviously, a lot of animal lovers, but not all of them kind of gravitate into Training, communication, outdoor adventures, handling, all
1: that kind of stuff, right? So what made you go like the next level? Uh, That's a very interesting question because when I first started out, I had no idea what I was going to do with the dogs. I just knew I wanted to be with the dogs. So went for it, started applying it at kennels and just kind of to get my foot in the door and uh i got a a job a a few years ago uh, at a kennel i won't say which one but at a at a kennel and they i essentially started my my education there so to speak i learned a lot about how to communicate with dogs and how not to communicate with dogs and basically I've, i've gone from there i've worked in a few kennels i i I uh, naturally progressed to apprenticing. I learned all about how dogs actually communicate in a pack and communicate with each other. And then from there, went to a very large uh, daycare facility where we average about 100 dogs a day and more so, and was able to apply that knowledge and just uh, take off with it. So
0: I've seen you out outside with animals. And the interesting thing about you is that you're like super calm. You're super calm about most situations. So, you know, in a regular situation where, you know, dogs are meeting for the first time, people might think, oh my gosh, like they're going to like jump on each other. But you're like, no, no, it's all good. His tail's like this and his back ends like this and his ears are like this. No, no, nothing to worry about. So, you know, how long did it take you to really understand like the language of a dog, like the body language
1: of a dog? In the first couple of years, it took a while, and it, it, the reason being is it, I wasn't given the opportunity to be in a large pack. Once I was in a large pack, it um, it really progressed that knowledge fast. You need
0: experience, is what you're saying. You, you have to be experience. out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, and then yeah, you learn again what what to do and what not to do, and then so when you start seeing those communications and start seeing. The hackles, or you see the, you know, the eye communication, you know right away from those experiences what that is. So I've not always been calm. the 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 calmness definitely came with time. So the cool thing is that you also are a very spiritual person,
0: and you also do incorporate different techniques and different things like that into the work that you do, especially with say like crystals and all that definitely. kind of thing. Can you tell us a little bit about how you've incorporated your spirituality into this interesting career that you created for yourself and how
1: it's made it better? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, one thing I noticed about dogs right off the hop is obviously they utilize body language to communicate. Something I noticed as well about them is that when, when they were meeting a new human and that human had a hood or a hat or a toque or sunglasses on and were covering up a certain portion of their head, I noticed that they would react So I started to investigate that a little bit, tested on my own. And uh, long story short, I I truly believe that there is an aura or something around us around our heads that that maybe is going up to the sky, maybe it's coming from our third eye, um, that if they if we cover it up, the dogs are uncomfortable. So I expanded on that and started, you know, utilizing crystals and stones and whatnot to see if they would communicate with the energies that came off of those things as well. I noticed that when, it, when I worked at the, the large facility, it was a very, very large facility. So in, in one moment we could house in, in a hallway, let's say f- in one hallway, 50 dogs. So in the morning when they're quite riled up, I noticed that they would bark at the humans as they walked through. So, as an experiment, I put my, my two stones specifically that I wear all the time. It was um, Australian Green Prenite and Rose Quartz. Rose Quartz um, comes from the unconditional love from the female perspective. Australian Green Prenite, same thing, but from the male perspective. So, I, w- I noticed that I could uh, walk from one portion of the kennel to the back of the kennel wearing these stones and have none of the dogs react to me. So I started using them in the um, in the pack as well, and it just changed the whole dynamic. And it opened up my eyes to a lot more possibilities of incorporating spirituality, if that's what you want to call it, with canine communication. Metaphysics. Metaphysics. Yeah. There we go. Australian green prenite is uh, a love that uh, sends off, or a stone that sends off unconditional love from the male perspective, so the yang. Mm. And then the uh, rose quartz comes from the yin. It's from the female perspective. So when you wear them together, you know, you're balanced. Perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. So, okay, you've taken it to a whole other level, and I haven't even really thought
0: about it to that respect. I mean, you know, everybody knows that animals are more perceptive than humans even, right? There's there's just something so unbelievably connected and natural about them because they're essentially wild. Yeah. So... This is really, really interesting. So you're saying that technically you have a theory that there is some kind of energy that we omit from us, obviously, mm-hmm. because there are, of course there's auras, of course there's, you know, different things like that, but specifically the dogs pick up on that make them feel comfortable with us because everybody's really seen that or had that experience before too, Where you know, an animal will feel uncomfortable or growl or what have mm-hmm. you, even if they're wearing say glasses or a hood or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Especially sunglasses. So do you think that in a way, I mean, I'm just kind of taking this a step further. Do you think, in a way, that that also is kind of a representation of a person or a human kind of hiding a part of themselves that the animal can't gauge? That's a great, that's a very
1: interesting way to put it from that angle. And yeah, like, why not? For sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Why not? Absolutely. So, tell me a little bit about how you have been able to create a business out of your passion because you're also a super creative person, which which I know. So, how have you been really able to add like the creativity portion to the work that you've been doing on
1: the on a on a daily basis right now? That I mean, the first thing I I came up with is every single day I get to create my day, which is an absolute blessing and incredible. Create my day and cater to the dogs. Is every dog is different? Every dog uh, requires Different things, different needs, different exercise, different play. So I can get creative with that. I can, um, I can book two dogs that I think will get along great and create a play group with them and totally cater to their specific personality.
0: No, that's perfect. I mean, because essentially, like we create every single moment of our life, right? Yeah. So. You're really taking your love of animals to the next level, which is like really, really creative, right? And you are also able to, I think probably even more than you know, every time you experience a day with a different dog or, or whatever with a different animal, that you're able to approach it in a whole other way, right? You're using the information that you know and the knowledge that you know with every single animal, right, which is different, yeah straight up this is different every single time right so obviously you have created a business in where you are a canine communication specialist so like i said you're like a a female caesar milan with soul there's so much more that you are incorporating into your business because of your spiritual spiritual side of things right and a lot of people are just black and white with the work Mm -hmm. that they do right but you're Mm -hmm. you're adding all shades of color which is really really cool but what are you wanting to do now like how are you wanting to take it to the next level
1: my biggest passion is to teach humans how to communicate with their dog. There's a brick missing in that, in that uh, bond that I can, I can provide that brick to, to, to create this incredible bond that you didn't even know that you could have. You're the glue. <laughs> There's a, well, there, well I, I have the glue and I want to give it to you. Okay. I have the formula for the glue and I want you to create it yourself. You know, so I want I I want to teach you how to look at your dog and know exactly what they're saying to you. Know exactly what the whimper is when they need to go outside versus whether they want to cuddle. Mm-hmm. To show you what dominance behavior looks like, rather than hey, I just want to interact with you. Because often there's um there's a a misconception out there too that we need to dominate our dogs, mm-hmm. and that is completely false. Right. And that is something that I was taught in a lot of kennels. You need to be dominant. You need to be this. You need to be aggressive. You need to be the leader. You need to be the leader. And yes, you do need to be the leader, but you need to be the leader in an aspect of the way a teacher is a leader to a classroom of students. So you need to train through inspiration versus... And desire.
0: Yeah, versus fear or... Yes. Control.
1: Yes. Right. Which makes total sense. 100%. It is not... It's not tricky to train either or it, it's um it's pretty pretty much the same across the board it's just style if you know how the dog how dogs uh communicate you can teach a puppy or you can teach an older dog it's teaching the human that's the trick so really the work that you do isn't just canine communication it's really about
0: you creating that bond with the owner and the dog together yes and making, making a language for yeah. them, making a language for the both of them. Okay. That makes total sense, which is really, really fascinating and amazing. What other kind of techniques or even theories or ideas have you really brought into the work that you're doing that adds more of a colorful element that's not just black and white, right? Because so many people whether it's like science based or even just training based, they really stick to like a how-to guide to do things, right? And there's a lot of trainers out there that are very black and white with yeah. what they do. But you are extremely colorful, all 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 colors of the rainbow with the work that you do. So My question is, you know, how have you really, what are the the other elements you've added in that are a little bit more metaphysical or a little bit more spiritual based or soulful based in the way that you work with the animals?
1: I mean, I don't, when I, when I look at a dog, I see, I see a sentient being. I don't see a German Shepherd. I don't see a a Rottweiler, a Pitbull. You know what I mean? I see um, a sentient being with emotions, feelings. I don't see the breed. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting um, trying to show that gray area, if you will, to a human and then having them get it and click and then see something that they didn't see before because you see something that you see something in their in their head completely change. and It's almost like they look at life differently. They don't just look at dogs as sentient beings now. They're looking at everything, as every animal as a sentient being. And they treat them differently. And I've trained staff, Pack Dynamics, over and over and over again. And it is magical, that moment where I see it click in their head. They go from, you're a dog, to you're my friend. You're my companion. Equal, like you're almost my an equal. equal. Yeah. Yes. You're just different. You're just hairy. You're
0: an extended you're an extended aspect of who I am, right? Because there also is, I'm sure, you know, we have probably read books like this or what have you, but I remember seeing a book and it's like, you know, your dog is an exact mirror of who you are, which, you know, in the human to human or human to experiences um, connection, I kind of call that like sacred mirrors, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, you will always have experiences that are mirroring what you're vibrating at or what you're feeling and what have you, right? So again, what a perfect example of a mirror is your
1: best friend like your animal right 100 percent. yeah you 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 can even say that the, the saying what you think about you bring about because if you're always frustrated and you're always angry your dog is always frustrated and, and always angry they they feed off of your emotions and you are constantly teaching them how to be so if you're always angry and you're always in a hurry and you're always flustered then your dog is always going to be in a state of confusion Whereas if you're able to slow down and focus and look at one thing at a time instead of trying to do everything at the same time, just with training your dog, you're going to see how that's going to affect your whole life positively. I mean, I've had I've been forced almost in a way to calm down so I can connect with the dogs on a more, uh, let's say, spiritual level. And then I've noticed that that in my personal life has literally made me a better person. So there's like, there's almost an element there that I'm, I'm excited to bring to people too, because I know from my personal experience that communicating with your dog is literally going to make you a better person. I've heard that before, like even from, you know, people that
0: have had, you know, different animals that have passed away and different things like that. They have said that, you know, there's parts of their experience that they've had that have completely changed them as an owner or what have you, right? So, so I'm really excited because I want to actually ask you if you have any really fun tips or techniques, different things like that, that you can walk through with us that are going to be things that people can like implement into their owner slash animal lives right away. This is how, this is. I mean, this is what I think probably goes on, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, there probably is about, I'm going to say 70% of the population that have dogs at home,
1: mm-hmm. they're not
0: really properly trained, right? They've just kind of like, you know, become a part of the family. You know, sometimes they're, you know, doing things they're not supposed to be doing, they're not properly trained, and they just kind of morph into yeah. the role of being in the house, right? But that's also because the owners don't know how to properly train them exactly when you see an example like that
1: what do you do do you like give you give tips to people like openly like when you see them out no um no when I first got into working with dogs I did because I felt I felt like it was my place to just help everybody but not everybody wants to be helped right so what I what I tend to do now is just lead by example and if I uh draw up curiosity from a specific human and they start to question then i'm more than happy to share my knowledge but yeah i don't definitely take it upon myself to cost people anymore if we go to a dog park guaranteed at least one person is going to be screaming at their dog to come for recall right and i could take it upon myself to say hey if you do this Maybe they'll come to you, but it's just not my place anymore. Some people get a little offended at that. So in saying that, I mean, that's a great place to start for recall. Recall is a very, very difficult one for a lot of people. And that's because there's no desire. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest tips I can give to anybody that wants to train their dog is to create desire. And what I mean by that is all dogs have a currency, so for us, money, we would do anything for money kind of thing. Well, maybe not everybody, but money is our currency. So dogs have currency too. It we might
0: be we need money, essentially. We need, we we need, need money, yeah.
1: yeah. So dogs don't need anything but the basic thing. So they need food, shelter, love, companionship. That's right. what they need. So if you're providing those things, then already you're going to be their number one. They're going to follow you everywhere. You've created a bond by doing that. Now, to take that step further and have them actually be trainable and do things for you—do your sit, your stay, your wait, your your recall—all those things, all your basic things—you have to create desire. You have to you have to make it fun for them. You have to want them. They have to want to do it. So, for recall, um, one technique that you can do, just very basic, to train them. 15 foot lead. Just have them at the end of the lead going for a walk and then when you're ready to practice recall, you call them once. If they don't come, you just start pulling on the lead and bring, literally bring them to you give them a treat, give them a big reward, throw them a party, it's awesome. And they start associating positive feelings to them coming to you. Hmm. So you keep doing that. And it's quite literally conditioning. It's like Pavlov's dogs and conditioning to the bell, you're literally just, um, you're imprinting in their brain. So what about the
0: situations where and most people probably have experienced this with their animal, where there's a social situation with dogs, right? And there, are the dogs are caught up in the moment, right? And they are you know whatever they're doing they're playing or they're running around or they're escaping or what have you and they're together and they're kind of like
1: not listening to you anymore right is there a way to kind of get over that by that time you've missed your opportunity by that time if they're if they're in um let's say the red zone or if they're in a um gray so, drive and so the red the red zone is when there's like nothing else they're thinking about nothing one else thing. Okay. that's it that's be all end all um, or if they have their prey drive, or if they're really excited to, you know, see your um, grandmother, because you just came to visit, and she's all, you know, and there's no listening to them. By that time, you've already missed your opportunity. So if you take a step back a few seconds before that, or a minute before that, where your gut, your intuition is telling you it's coming, listen. And that's another, uh, another thing to incorporate spirituality. Your gut is telling you that your dog is communicating something, but we often ignore it. Right. And then it happens and then it's too late and then you're frustrated and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So if you actually take a step back, a couple steps back and then grab on that opportunity where they're, you know, they first saw the grandmother and their ears got all perky and you, it's that one second, you have one second to, to grab that moment. And if you don't grab that moment, you've lost your opportunity.
0: So what you're saying is definitely do conditioning and
1: training before you're even in those situations, right? And set up training scenarios. People don't often think of this, but if your dog is um, barking at the doorbell, don't wait to train your dog when you have a guest come over, use the doorbell. Right. Because you don't have the time. You have a guest there. So create a training scenario where you've set aside specifically, you know, half an hour with your spouse or with a friend where they are coming to the door, ringing the doorbell, and you're able to actually correct. The whole point of doing that is to train your dog. So because you brought that up, I want to ask you, why are usually
0: smaller dogs more yappy when it comes to doorbells? Uh, Because people let
1: their dogs get away with it. So it really doesn't matter about the size of dog. It has nothing to do with that. No. Um, Little dogs do, though, I should say, use their voice more than anything because that's what they have right so if you if um if a little chihuahua gets cornered i mean they don't have muscle they don't have power so but they do have a screaming ability so in order it's a protective thing you know so that they they're naturally using their voice a lot more than you know than a larger let's say a great dane or something yeah that's such a good point you brought up because i don't think a lot of people really
0: Think of it as seeing it like that, right? They just, oh, like little dogs are so yappy sometimes or they're so loud and that kind of thing. But realistically, it's like a baby. Like that's all that they have. Yeah. Yeah. It's all they have to communicate. Yeah. Um, Before we get into your other tips and techniques, I just thought of something and I wanted to ask you about... You know, in the situations where people leave their dogs outside all the time? Yes. They basically live outside. Yes. That's it. How detrimental
1: is that to the bond and relationship with the human and the animal? Well, specifically with the bond, that's quite detrimental because dogs are pack animals. They're DNA, DNA speaking. They're 1% away from a wolf. So if you have a chihuahua at home, it's literally DNA speaking, almost a wolf. Mm-hmm. So if we take that knowledge and look at how wolves communicate and how they are, they're never alone. A lone wolf still is going out to find a new pack. So if you're creating your dog, a lone wolf, then you're going to get a more independent personality, which is great, but they don't need you anymore. So there's no, there's a, no bond. There. There's no and there's certain and
0: you're definitely creating um, a separation if you try to train after that, right? Because of
1: the, the lack of bond, right? Yes. So you might you might be able to, you know, train them because you have their currency, whether it's, you know, a ball or a treats or you know, whatever that may be. But there's definitely, um, to me, they're no longer a family member. They're an employee, almost. Oh, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And
0: that is kind of like a sad, it's definitely, it's a sad situation to see, right? Oh, yes. Okay, I am super excited about other things that you're going to share with us. Because just that one, just about recall, I'm sure a lot of people can, that probably hit a note for a lot of people, and they can really start to incorporate even just that awareness, right?
1: Yeah. One of my biggest things I, I always tell everybody is consistency. People don't um, tend to think how uh, important consistency is, but it's, it's everything. So the way I explain it is pretend your dog speaks Japanese and you don't speak a lick of Japanese. How are you going to teach them the word sit? You're not going to say sit, sit down, lay down crouch, (laughs) you know, you're not going to say all these things. You're just going to say, yeah, downward dog, yoga, whatever. You're not going to use 15 different words to describe the one action. You're going to say, sit, 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 and Mm -hmm. just show them over and over and over again. And then they'll, and then it clicks and you're going to see that your dog is going to learn a lot quicker when you're just using the same word over and over and over again. And you don't need to talk to them all the time. Sure. Talk to them and communicate with them, but you're, the more quiet you are around your dog, the more they're going to pay attention to you. Mm-hmm.
0: Which makes sense. Makes total I mean, sense. And going back from what you are talking about at the very beginning about how dogs pick up on your energy yeah. and are completely completely in tune with your energy yeah. and that's how you know, they react and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, that makes total sense, yeah. right? So,
1: so to add to that, if you're, if you're a frantic, unsettled person, then you're obviously always going to be talking to the dog, wondering where they are. You know, all the time at parks and whatnot, when people have their dogs off leash here, let's say you have a dog named Molly all the time. Molly, 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 come Molly, Molly, Molly. And it's like, let the dog alone. Like at some point, you know, if somebody is just saying, Nicole, Nicole, I'm going to tune you out because I've, I've done, you, <laughs> so know, true. you know what I mean? So dogs do that. They're going to tune you out. Which is so funny because I
0: can think of a few different um, dog owners that are always slightly frantic and yes. on edge and a little bit, well, what should we even call it? Just unnerved almost. Unnerved. Like, yeah. yeah. And they're, and they're just their day to day life. That's yeah. just how they are. And their dogs are a perfect mirror of yeah. who they
1: are. Yeah. Very interesting. Hey? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. interesting.
0: <laughs> now I know that cats aren't your specialty. now. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you really think is the difference between cats and dogs when it comes to that that bond
1: dogs learned from from wolves back in um caveman days thousands of years ago that there's a, a synergy between a human and the dog you can each provide the other what they need cats however I don't don't care. I I don't know. I mean, some people have
0: like such a deep relationship with their cats, right? Like, and cats, some cats do um, have traits like dogs a little bit, right? But yeah, there definitely is a whole other mindset. It's a whole other mindset. yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like they're more spiritual than, than dogs are. I feel like there's almost, um, yeah, there's something deeper there, I feel like, with cats than there are with dogs.
0: It's next level. It's definitely next level. <laughs> it's, it's less basic than yeah. dogs. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: <laughs> One of the biggest things that um, that is very important, actually, for everybody, no matter what dog you have, is diet. Um, just like with us, if we are unhealthy, then our brain is unhealthy as well. Dogs, and I mean, you could do your own research, but dogs require meat. So they're they're a carnivore, and their their gums require it, their teeth require it, their organs require it. They require raw meat. Their stomachs are uh, at an acidity of one. They're one percent. So they're made they're made to break down bone, cartilage, meat, bacteria, all of that. Whereas you know we set at what is a seven point six or something right our, our pH. So they're, they're meant to break those things down. When you start feeding your dog raw or just a very, (laughs) no, please don't. Uh, But a good diet, you see a a switch in their personality and their mental health. And they're more aware, uh, you know, intelligent breeds are, are, are able to hone in their skills more. It's, it's incredible. I've seen total turnarounds in, in unhealthy dogs to a healthy dog and how they respond to their human. So diet is a big one. Well, I mean, that's exactly the same as humans, right? I mean, if
0: you are really wanting to up your intuition and be on point with your feelings and decisions you're making, all that, and all you're eating is McDonald's, I'm going to probably say that you're not going
1: to be operating at your fullest potential. Yeah. And it's funny you say McDonald's because that's how I compare most kibble, like it, it, if you're buying your kibble at Walmart, you're buying McDonald's for your dog. I don't care what you're buying, quite honestly. If you're buying your, your kibble at Walmart, you're getting McDonald's, mm-hmm. Wendy's, whatever. Healthy dog food can be a little bit costly,
0: yes. right? Especially when you switch over. You're like, holy, like, wow, definitely. there's definitely a, yeah. a price difference here. But what could people do that maybe don't have a lot of money, right? Yeah. But they love their animals so yes. much.
1: So like, what can we do? Then? So what I do Um, I hit the grocery stores, I always uh, get human grade food, and i I make it myself. So turkey necks, chicken gizzards, uh, livers, organs, all those things are discard. So they they sell them dirt cheap, you know, small packages for $2.10. You know what I mean? Or make a good relationship with your butcher. butcher, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can create your own meals. Now in saying that, I would do a little research on how much organ they need, how much bone they need, because there are percentages in that. Having a, a, a reputable um, dog food provider is huge too. It doesn't always need to be raw, but incorporating—let's say you only do three raw meals a week—that's still going to be great for their teeth. They're going to—you're going to notice whiter teeth, less plaque, less yellowing. If your dog is on the older side, um, they need more oils. They need more calcium you know, for their bones and whatnot. You, you'll see a total switch around. If you have a, a breed with um, bad hips, like a German Shepherd or a Mastiff or a Great Dane, and you start giving them more glucosamine and fish oils, you're, you're going to see them literally brighten up. It's incredible. That's just the thing, right? It's, I think that everybody just thinks healthy
0: they automatically think expensive, yeah. right? And that's just with human diets as well. They think yeah. organic, super expensive. But that's not the case. It's really about you becoming knowledgeable yeah. about what you're eating, what you're you're Exactly. Be creative about the meals that you're creating for your animals. And yeah, you know, I'm going to say that probably creating your animal a raw diet, you know, or raw meals a few times a week, yeah, it does take a little bit more time. The question I have for you is, and this might be a misconception that I have taken on, but I thought that you can't really go from raw to kibble, raw to kibble. Like
1: what, what about that? No, you can uh, The best thing is to not feed them together. So let's say like taking their bowl, putting a half a cup of kibble and then a raw patty, don't do that. And the, the only reason being is um, the kibble and the raw uh, digest at different times okay so you can you could absolutely do kibble for breakfast and then raw for dinner 100 percent, you could absolutely do that so that that alone um helps people out and saves them a bit of money
0: too right so you're still giving your dog a better diet than they would be getting with just
1: kibble right one thing to add to that too if you don't want to go right to raw is just start giving your dog raw soup bones marrow bones that they cut with a like a saw or whatever right okay and freeze them and just keep them in your freezer and you can start off like that and that'll clean their teeth as well okay so the plaque and all that stuff that literally is gets built up around your dog's teeth is just from shitty food crappy food yeah and yeah and just not having the opportunity to clean them because if you think uh again what wolves would do in in their den after a meal is they're going to be chewing on the bones so that cleans their teeth it gets all the gunk out what else have you got for us Pay attention and slow down. If you force yourself to slow down and actually pay attention to what your dog is doing, you start to slow down and pay attention to what everybody is doing and what everything is happening around you.
0: So you're saying be present in the be moment, present, not just exactly, for yourself but for your
1: animal, one hundred percent. Be present in the moment. And your spirituality, one on one, you're bringing it in in <laughs> the yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's a huge thing. Setting up healthy boundaries and again, being consistent with them. So if your dog, if you don't want your dog up on the couch, one day don't allow him up on the couch and then the next day be mad at him for being up on the couch. Right. So mixed signals, mixed signals. Yeah. And your poor dog is just like, but I don't, I don't understand. I was three hours ago. I was allowed up here. You see so many
0: people doing that though. All the time. Yeah. Like it's just like, get it right for you. Get it straight for yourself and just abide
1: by the rule that you created. Yes. And it is possible for your dog to be up on the couch and not up on the couch. The boundary that you have to set is if you're coming up on the couch, you must be invited. So, and then again, just creating that consistency over and over and over again. And then also having your family or your spouse be delivering the same message as well. I think that's the problem with
0: a lot of people. Yes. It's people don't, you know, people aren't using the same commands. Yeah. People aren't, you know, going by the same rules, and that's so confusing for an animal.
1: Very confusing. Let alone a
0: child, right? So why do you think that people are so daunted by the task of doing these
1: simple, simple things that can change the whole dynamic of their household? Um, Most often, it's just just ignorance. It's just never been explained to them. You know, I've not always been this calm and, let's say, in tune with a dog. It had to be explained to me, and then me utilize that knowledge through experience. So once something is explained to them, there's an awareness created, and then they can start seeing those opportunities to apply that knowledge. And then it, it you get that click. It just clicks. And then once it clicks, you can teach your dog anything. And you're, you'll be shocked at, at the bond that, that happens and they're looking at you more and they're paying attention to you more and they're following you everywhere you go. And you can't, I mean, sometimes it's like, okay, can I go to the washroom by myself? But <laughs> at the back of your mind, you're like, he, 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 I'm so happy that you're following me everywhere. Yeah. Because that's what you want. That's what we want is that 100%, 100% unconditional loving bond with the dog. That's why we get animals to begin with.
0: Until next time, feel free to check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun, magical, creative activities for you to take part in. Thank you for listening.